is Angela Cox and I am the Mindset Mentor and this is the Mindset Mentor Meets podcast. Now my aim is to discover and share the secrets of success. You'll hear engaging and uplifting interviews with business leaders at the top of their game, all primed to deliver bucketfuls of value and inspiration. We'll bring practical tips success strategies and golden nuggets of motivation to help you unleash your absolute potential. Now please do like, share and leave a review if you love this podcast. It really does help others to find us. Thanks for listening and let's jump in now and meet this week's fabulous guest. Hello and welcome to this special episode. I don't have a guest with me today. It's one of those master your mindset episodes. I'm Angela Cox and I want to talk today about repeating patterns and we'll get into that in a little bit more detail just shortly. But first of all, just a little update in terms of what's going on in my life at the moment. Lots, I suppose. We are just coming out of the lockdown phase, so life feels a little bit more positive, doesn't it, just now? I don't know whether you're experiencing that, but it certainly feels like there's a sense of momentum happening around us and our life just now, which is wonderful. I have just finished, and Whether this means that I am a complete crazy fool or not, I don't know, but I have signed up for a doctoral study to basically disrupt the world of coaching. And I think that is where this podcast has sprung from really today, because there are two things that really frustrate me about the way that coaching is taught by the different accrediting bodies and therefore the universities that support that. And I think the first, or I know the first element of that is non-directive coaching being the way that we are taught as coaches to work with leaders. And for me, non-directive coaching has a really interesting space in terms of, you know, we really want leaders to be coaching their people in a non-directive style in terms of supporting and questioning people and empowering them to grow and use their own talents and skills accordingly. But I believe that in the world of executive coaching, where executives are constantly surrounded by yes people and by people filtering the information that they present in order to tell the best story possible, I believe those types of leaders, I'm talking C suite leaders here, really need more challenge. They really need more provocation. They need different perspectives so that they can understand the way that their people will react to their leadership style and their leadership position. And therefore, just assuming that all of these C-suite leaders have all of the answers inside of them really 
I suppose, stops them from seeing a broader picture, stops them from seeing diversity and different perspectives. And I believe that leaders benefit from experiencing the whole spectrum of the coaching spectrum, which not only includes non-directive coaching, but it also includes a more directive style. It includes advice, it includes consultation, and it includes therapy. And I think the therapeutic aspect is my second bugbear with coaching in that it really does keep people focused in the here and now and in the future that they want to create. But what it doesn't do very well is look backwards at what might be causing some of the behaviours that are instrumental in the way that we show up. And for me, that's where the true opportunity lies in really getting people to move forward in a different way sustainably. Because based on my experience working with lots and lots of leaders around the world, based on my own personal experience, I know that people run patterns of behavior over and over and over again, and no amount of coaching about the way that you want to change those behaviors will change the behavior until you have tackled and uncovered or uncovered and tackled, probably that way round, the root cause. Now, what do I mean by that? I see time and time again in my coaching room, people who present with a pattern of behavior that they might not be aware is there. So very recently, I did some work with a very senior leader And before I start working with a client, I always ask them to write a synopsis of their life for me. And it's a very interesting thing to read. And there's often clues in there as to things that we might need to work on. But my reasoning for the synopsis is because it helps me to spot the patterns. Because quite often, people in those synopsis will write down all of the tricky things that have happened to them over the years. And what this senior leader wrote for me was this pattern of behavior that started about 15 years ago. So not in his childhood, this guy is a guy in his 50s. And he presented this pattern of behavior which evolved around him feeling that somebody in a more senior position than him, so somebody on the board in this case, was making him feel lesser than, basically putting him in a position of helplessness. And in these different scenarios, my client didn't do anything in terms of speaking up or saying no or saying that's not okay. And this pattern of behavior in the synopsis started 15 years ago. He did nothing about it. It would happen again a few years later. He'd do nothing about it other than start to run away. So what I noticed in the pattern was he would be 
placed under some sort of threat from somebody in hierarchy. He would do nothing about it in terms of a response in the here and now. But what he would do is then take a position of, I need to go off sick. And so he'd have times where he would go off sick and then he would come back and be put into a different role in this giant organization. And then the same pattern would repeat itself a few years later. Somebody in hierarchy would make him feel small or ask him to do something he didn't agree with. He would then do nothing to kind of fight against that. And then he would run away and go off sick. Whilst he was off sick, what would happen is he would develop some real anger around the industry that he was part of. And he would voice that anger to anybody that would listen, apart from the people who were creating it for him. So these people in the very senior ranks. This pattern has repeated itself for 15 years. And this senior leader in this organisation is now off sick again. So he came to me and said, I've been working with somebody over the last 12 months. I don't feel any different as a result of working with this person. We've been doing lots of things around how I can change my habits, how I can change my behaviours. Do I need to change jobs? Lots of kind of forward focused work. And yet I still feel exactly as I've always felt. And my first question to him was at the time in 2005 when this first started and you first experienced this person in hierarchy making you feel as this person did, what did it remind you of? I.e., when have you felt like this before? And immediately he talked about an experience at primary school where a boy had basically overpowered him, humiliated him in front of the class, and he had sat and taken this abuse. And it basically was physical abuse, which was surrounded by an audience and therefore had some humiliation wrapped in with it. But his response as the receiver of this physical abuse, was to just sit there and take it. And we then tracked through his childhood and there were several incidents of this same type of behaviour that had one boy as the perpetrator and then him as the kind of the victim of this scenario. And in all of the different scenarios, he didn't speak up. Now that, when you think about it from a neuroscience perspective, is actually sitting on the amygdala in that client's brain, waiting to be triggered. So in our brain, we have two places where we store memories. We have what I call the giant filing cabinet, where all of our memories are stored and we can either recall them or maybe we can't because we've consciously decided we don't need to. But if they're in the filing cabinet, they don't really hurt us. They've got no way of creating an emotional response in us now. But some of our memories, if they're deemed as traumatic, actually sit in the emotional epicenter of our brain, which is the amygdala. And if they're in the amygdala, 
They are almost like little landmines waiting to be stepped on. And what happens is, as we experience life, whenever we're in a situation that, from a brain perspective, reminds us of a situation that is housed on the amygdala like a little landmine, we then get an emotional response that triggers a reaction in us that is based on the way we reacted the first time. So if the first time this client experienced this idea of helplessness, powerlessness, was when he was in primary school and his reaction to it was freeze, do nothing, say nothing, allow it to happen, feel powerless. Now in his career, the same thing is happening again, over and over and over. And it's that first traumatic experience that's registered as a landmine on his amygdala that is creating the behavior that he is presenting with now. And it will be belief linked around, you know, when somebody in hierarchy or when somebody bigger than me says or does something a certain way, I must freeze. I must do nothing. The challenge with that, of course, is the older we get, the more shame, the more guilt, the more anger, the more frustration builds up inside of us because we recognize that our response to these situations is not the most helpful response. We feel powerless to do anything differently to it, but in the aftermath, we get these feelings of rage that are underpinned by shame. And so we have this real dichotomy of behaviors in him where he's quiet in the moment, but then raging behind the scenes. And he's almost just filled with bile. But then what he's trying to do is be positive. So he's recognizing this behavioral shitstorm. And he's saying to himself, I need to change my attitude. You know, I need to be more positive. And he's working with a coach who's telling him he needs to change his behaviors. And he's trying to do that. But the way that I describe it, it's like having a bed of mud and pouring nice clean water onto the bed of mud. The clean water is going to become murky straight away. So if you're trying to pour positivity on something that is toxic, that is residing inside of you, then the positivity is going to be diluted very quickly. You have to get to the root causes of your patterns and you have to be able to neutralize them using something called the havening technique or you might use something like EFT, but a therapeutic-based technique that works with the brain chemistry to actually disarm the landmines. And from that then, comes a freedom for you to behave differently. Without that intervention, you are simply running forward with a bungee cord attached to your waist and you will be able to make some progress, you'll be able to get some steps forward, you might even be able to run a little bit, but you will always revert back to that conditioning you will always revert back to that inherent behavior if you haven't neutralized the traumas that are sitting on your amygdala. So I want you to think about the patterns that you run. 
the patterns that make you facepalm yourself. You know, when you do them and you go, oh God, I've done that thing again. You know, we all have them. And I want you to think about when was the first time I felt like this? When was the first time this showed up for me? And just give yourself some time to float back. You might not get to the very first time. The very first time you experienced it might have been pre-six years old and we don't have many memories, conscious ones, from that time. But even if you can get to one in teenage years, then working with a therapist in a coaching perspective will help you to unlock the earlier ones. And if you can get to the root cause, you've nailed it. So coaching for me has to be this working the whole coaching arena. It has to be therapy. It has to be non-directive at times. It has to be directive at times. It has to be provocative. It has to be challenging. It can be advisory. It can be offering different perspectives. It can be bringing your expertise. It is not enough for me in this day and age to believe that asking lots of questions over and over again and expecting the client to solve their own problems is good enough for an executive coach. An executive coach for me is there to co-create value. The executive coach needs to have as much credence in the situation as the client does and bring their expertise to really unlock these root causes. We want to cut the bungee cord that is keeping clients stuck in these repeating patterns and simply talking about changing habits and changing behaviors is not enough. We have to work with the subconscious We have to work with the brain to understand what was the root cause, get to the root cause, unpick it, and then you can move back into pure coaching to think about, okay, now that the root cause is diluted and neutralized, we can now make some progress forward. So have a think about your patterns, have a think about what the root causes might be, and then if you need help, reach out because I'm more than happy to work with you through your organisation or work with you independently to finally free you from some of this stuff. You don't need to live with it forever. You can make a big difference to your life by unhooking that bungee cord and moving forward in a different way. Please do look out for the next few podcasts. We will be continuing speaking to different leaders throughout the month of June and then we'll be taking a break over the summer and coming back with a new look and feel in September including a new jingle I can't wait to bring you that have yourselves a fabulous rest of the day thank you for listening and do let me know what you think by leaving a review I do hope that you enjoyed listening to the Mindset Mentor Meets podcast. If you did, be sure to check out the show notes to access all of those important links. For more about me, visit my website at www.angela-cox.co.uk. 
Now, I'd really love it if you could subscribe to our channel so that you never miss an episode. And do leave us a five-star review because it really helps us to get noticed. Bye for now. I do hope that you'll tune in next week and take good care.